Hey guys, let me tell you about the 336 Patreon. It's your chance to support the show for just $3.36 a month. Way cheaper than anything that you can purchase with the Oriole Bird logo on it, even if you go on some of those foreign websites. And way cheaper than anything that you're going to spend at Camden Yards if you were even able to go to Camden Yards this year. So we want to thank this week Charlie Burr. He's our 336er of the week. He does a great job uh, posting on social media and supports us on the Patreon page as well. So thank you, Charlie, for supporting the show. You, too, can be a 336er of the week by heading on over to 336er.com. That's 336er.com. Let's start the show. It to him all day. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your in-dealing centering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. And as always, we're joined by the zany Burt Rohde. As always, from vacation. I thought yeah. I thought that last week you renamed the zany Burt Rohde. What did I rename him to? To Fairweather Burt. I, yeah, I heard that was coming because I made a uh, perler bead Oriole bird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I was also bringing back the connection to the Ravens where you started to go to Costco on Sundays because you didn't want to watch right. Joe Flacco. Well, in fairness, that that is strictly tied to Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, forgive me if I'm in the wrong here, but Ravens football got boring beyond what is considered <laughs> watchable football under the Joe Flacco era. So forgive me if I found trips to Costco more entertaining than, you know, three and out, dunk and dive, run, run, pass, boring. Right. Once Lamar Jackson's behind center, I'm all in, baby. No more Costco for me on Sundays. Well, but I appreciate you going all in your sports fandom and making the little diddly, the dually, whatever. Perler, perler beads, my man. The, the little diddly. <laughs> uh, but um, see, I, I think it's good time to get rid of the zany name anyway, because whoever was in charge of that tarp yesterday down in Washington definitely started with the word zany. And that was me. I was behind that. You're welcome. <laughs> right. I thought I, I thought it would result in an Orioles win, not this stupid postponement till Friday or whenever. Right. What a joke. You said you're welcome, but I think it hurt the Orioles. And well, yeah, I was trying the Orioles to were rolling. It should have been a win. Am I wrong? Yeah, it should have been a win. It was the requisite number of innings. Um, what did they say? Mechanical failure? Yeah, so... Yeah, mechanical failure, which the tarp falls under. So I guess it's the same rule that allowed Peter Angelos to cut power when uh, Ripken couldn't make it to that game years and years ago. Yeah, I'm tucking that one in the back of my head for next time we run out of pitchers and we're losing, all of a sudden mechanical, mechanical failure. failure. Yeah. yeah, and what's preventing a home team from doing something stupid like that? Like, say the Nats were up 5-2. to two. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Right, like imagine you're like – Winning, and then uh, you're you're getting your butt kicked, and then uh, shortly after halftime, you just cut the power so you can come back. Mechanical that happened failure. back when 
many years ago when we were doing three 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 six daily on the reg, and there was that issue with the Cubs, and the Cubs were winning the game, and they had a tarp malfunction, and uh, it was the requisite number of innings, mm. and then uh, they they called the game. So what what is preventing the home team if you're winning just... from fumbling the tarp? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Our mistake, well, it's still a legal game. We win. We had the lead after five. It, it really doesn't make sense. That, that what's the, like human error, right? But they said it wasn't human error? It looked like human I, error. Human it, error from a few days ago. Yeah, it was human error as in they, they totally screwed up however they wrapped that tarp. I don't understand how a tarp gets that tangled. Like, really? Yeah, like we've all rolled because, up stuff. And okay, then you yeah, and I have, like a little, I have a little like six foot by six foot tarp yeah. that I can't even fold into a square right, and so I'm surprised this tarp nonsense doesn't happen more often because it's a big old tarp. This guys like us like just doing tarps here and there for like family events or picnics and stuff. Yeah, human error. Right. But these guys have reached the pinnacle of tarp rolling in the country. These are the best tarp rollers we've got <laughs> in the world. How, what I don't understand with the tarp is I always assumed that, like, if they use the tarp on Sunday, then Monday morning they're unrolling that thing and drying it out and prepping it for Monday night. I always sure. thought, like, you know, like when you go camping and after you camp, you set everything up in your backyard and clean it all out and get it ready for the next time you want to go camping. Theoretically, that's what the people who camp regularly do. Yours probably still has bugs and dirt in it from 10 years ago in your tent. Yeah. But so I expected that's what the tarps, that's what this grounds crew does to prepare to make sure they don't have this snafu. Because I don't even understand how you misroll the tarp so bad that when you roll it out, it comes out both ends. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Yeah, it's not as good when it's coming out at both ends. And I, <laughs> and I couldn't even, I'm one of those guys who I can't even watch the video and laugh about it because they just get so stressed out for all the people involved because they think, oh, this must suck so bad for them. Right. We Yeah, we've got friends that have been on the Orioles ground crew. Sure. And, uh, and I've had times in my life where I sucked at my job, so I can relate to both those things. Right. Or if you played like college ball in smaller colleges, you'd also have to run the tarp out there if you were on the team. So yeah. there's other people who have done this and can relate more to this. I found it completely hilarious as it was happening watching it live. I was annoyed when Masson left the feed because it was so entertaining. Well, we were already in a good mood after whooping up on Strasburg. Yeah, and I, I mean that was the whole thing is, is we went into this series after getting our butts kicked from the Marlins. It's really funny because I expected us – last week we had a really good episode where we were happy with the Orioles. And yeah. then we got our butts kicked by the Marlins. So I was pretty sure that yeah. today's episode was going to be a much more negative episode. Looking, but then looking we ahead. took care of the business with the Mass and Cup. Yeah, yeah, I, which makes it even weirder to, to watch this team and understand this team and figure out what's going on. But you're right, especially Sunday where I think we all kind of just assumed it's Strasburg. We're not going to hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. This team is, is hard to figure out. Josh, let, let me ask you a question. Would you rather be the Nats and have won a road series last year? Or would you rather be the Orioles and almost came within a, a, a bogus ruling of, of sweeping the Nats? What would you rather be the Nats or the Orioles? <laughs> is that a serious question? <laughs> I'll take those. I'll take the stupidest, uh, zaniest grounds crew in the world. If it means a world series. 
Matt and I were on the beach yesterday, and uh, we saw some people walking by with Nats T-shirts and Nats ball cap. And I, I commented to Matt, we sh- should we, uh, should we instigate? Should we engage and razz these Nats fans a bit? But then I looked closer, and they were both wearing World Series champion Nats cap. And then I realized I have no room to talk. Right. Well, right. Yeah. The one question you have to ask a Nats fan is, when did you stop being an Orioles fan? It's the only question you got to ask them. To yeah. get under their skin. But I will say all weekend watching the Nats game, they've got a little ad behind home plate that says, buy your gold gear. And I was jealous of that sign and kept looking at that and kept thinking, how much gold gear would I buy if the Orioles won the World Series? It's, it's like, the, I mean, I could, I could understand that question, but at the same time they can say, okay, I became a Nats fan after 14 consecutive losing Orioles season, and we won a World Series. So, so far the switch has paid off. Yeah, they have the last laugh, certainly, yes. in this situation. But, the but, fan but you can say the same thing about the guy in Serena Park who's rooting for the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, but if you live close to DC, it's an understandable jump. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you grew up. Like Boston. Yeah. No, it's like the people who grew up in Baltimore cheering for the Redskins because they were the closest team, and now they cheer for the Ravens. Yeah, the Washington football team. Oh, yeah, yeah, Washington. No, they, well, that's the team now. They grew up cheering for the Redskins. That's true. Yeah. So. Uh, but, Josh, it's, um, it's kind of hard to figure this team out. It's impossible. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, you, when you sweep the Rays, virtually sweep the Nats, and get swept by the Marlins, the only thing that makes sense to me is the Marlins are winning the World Series. <laughs> I mean, it's easier for me to, to assume that than explain this Orioles team. Well, I mean, it's almost like the Orioles are not good, and therefore they're inconsistent, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, they don't have consistent, proven hitters or consistent proven pitchers. So it's almost like each night in, you don't know what you're going to get. I, I feel, yeah, I don't know how to describe it because I go into every game laughing at the fact that we're putting uh, Wojo or uh, the guy we just picked up who was our opening day starter or David Hess or whoever it is. We're putting these guys on the mound that I'm like, this person doesn't deserve to be in the major leagues. And then they get, they get it done. Or when you get to the point where, like, you check the lineup, and if Iglesias is out or Rio, Rio Ruiz <laughs> yeah. is out, I'm mad. <laughs> right. right. What, what, what do you mean Rio, Rio Ruiz is out of the game? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, Tommy Malone has no business in baseball, let alone pitching really well for the Orioles. Yeah, there's been a ton of pitchers like that who have exceeded expectations. Malone has exceeded expectation. Not all of them. No, David Hess has not exceeded expectation. Okay. Um, yes. the, the, sorry, the start in rotation. What about the Wade, Wade LeBlanc? Yeah, I don't think he's exceeded expectations. I think the guys are Malone has, Cobb has, and then several guys out of the bullpen. Ka- Castro still doesn't give him a run. Tanner Scott has exceeded expectation. Um, um, My- Michael Gibbons has yet to give up a run. So there's this group of pitchers who have, I think, exceeded expectations. And then our offense, I just looked at it, we're fourth in all of baseball in OPS, yeah. right? That's on base plus slugging. That combined with us like being blanked out and like our offense was lost against the Marlins, despite that, still to be fourth in OPS with guys like Ruiz and Iglesias and Alberto leading your offense, a bunch of guys either other teams didn't want or no one's heard of. Um, I think... 
yeah, you can say the pitching for me, the thing that's that their offense is kind of blowing me away. Yeah, and I think that's something we talked about last week, how we were so focused on how bad the pitching was that we never really even looked at the offense because uh, it didn't matter. But I would push back on LeBlanc and say LeBlanc is even a surprise this year as he's got most he's got the most innings under his belt on this team. So he's, okay. he's gone uh, deeper into games. The only thing I know about LeBlanc is what John Boy pointed out in that one outing when he threw more pickoff attempts than actual pitches before he <laughs> pulled out of that one. Yeah, Tanner Scott was having an issue with that on Saturday night as well. That was ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that, but they, but I mean, they're hitting a lot of home runs. The, the, the when guys like Pat, Le, the, I can't even say his name, like Josh Valeka, yeah, superstar. <laughs> they're, yeah, home runs are coming out of nowhere yeah. from guys that are not traditionally home run hitters, right? We've played 14 games and Nunez has five home runs. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the Nunez is an interesting case, right? Because he, I think, leads the team in home runs, leads the team in walks, and leads the team in strikeouts. So he's one of those like three outcomes: a walk, a home run, or right. like three outcomes kind of guy. So he, he's an interesting guy on how but does he fit to our future. But yeah, he's got off to a nice start. But because of that, he also leads in runs, OPS, and slugging because of all yeah. those home runs. So yeah. And of course, your boy, your boy Hanser is getting it done with his batting average. He just gets on base. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he's ridiculous. He's been struggling a little bit just because I think we've been playing so many righties. We need some more lefty starters for him to really boost that that average up. Um, but yeah, he, he's fun to watch. I mean, I'm a little torn. I don't know how you guys are. When when I watch this team, like on the one hand, I want them to win, obviously. Right. But I'm really taking a like. I was going in, my mindset into the season was like, watch the young players. Watch what Austin Hayes does. Watch what DJ Stewart does. Watch what Evan Phillips does. Watch what Tanner Scott, like focus on all the young players who could potentially be part of this future. Right. And some of those guys are doing okay. Like Chance Sisko is off to a really good start. That dude needs to play every single game, please. Yes. Um, but he's off to a, a, a really good start. And but Hayes, other people, Hayes, I know Hayes, he's, he's gone better recently. He's turned it around this past week. He's batting 333 this past week. Yeah, and DJ Stewart though is yeah. terrible. Well, he and he's no longer on the team. Got sent yeah. down. If we did a show based on like 2023 World Series, like are they on the team now? Are they off the team? Or are they a bubble guy? DJ Stewart for me would be a bubble guy, and in two weeks he like fell off. Yes, he was <laughs> a bubble guy. off the boat. But a lot of the other guys just seem to be successful. Josh, guys like Cobb. And guys like uh, Malone, you mentioned, and right. LeBlanc, if you want to go there, and Givens, they're not part of the 2023 future, I don't think. I don't think um, so either. I don't know 100% to feel about that. No, and we, we've seen already with the Darren O'Day trade uh, and with picking a guy up on waivers yesterday that uh, – Not the Darren O'Day trade. Not Darren. <laughs> I say Darren O'Day. Uh, trade, yeah. yeah, Richard Blair. Uh, that Michael Elias is still working and maneuvering things towards the future. So he's going to do the, the better these guys, even if they're not part of the future, the better they perform, the more chance Michael Elias can do something with them for this future. So he's, he's trying, but we did say so that he's not our, bought into the world's going to win the world series this year. Has Michael Elias? 
Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I, I don't think anyone's bought that into them winning the World Series. Uh, MLB.com did upgrade them on the rank, power rankings this week. They are now. Oh, num- we're not three anymore. No, they are now number 22, which puts them higher up than the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. Oh, wow. So, uh, so some people are believing a little bit. Of course, they've got the Marlins at like 17 or something. Right. But again, so, so they're now basing it more on recent performance as yes. opposed to the last power rankings was. I don't know what. Right. Like, I guess one week of baseball wasn't enough for them to uh, shift things. Two weeks in, they're now shifting based on uh, current performance and overall standing. I mean, because the Orioles are second place, 500 ball. Yeah. Um, we still, though, haven't seen Josh. And let's get this here and Bert. This is, like, I want to see young players. We're still seeing a lot of veterans out there. Guys like Keegan Aiken, they just caught up but didn't pitch yet. Um, yeah. Dean Kramer hasn't been caught up yet. Ballman hasn't been caught up yet. Ryan Mackhouse hasn't been caught up yet. There's a lot of young players just chilling at Bowie. Yes. Who could probably perform as well, if not better, than some of the veterans you have now. Um, are you getting a little, little antsy for some, especially if we think, a guy like Ryan Mountcastle or Keegan Aiken could actually like improve the team. I guess Ryan Mountcastle well, is the example because the team would be better with Ryan Mountcastle Ryan on it right now. Right. And if we're being competitive now, I mean, aren't you getting a little frustrated here? I am very antsy for Ryan Mountcastle, especially with the way DJ Stewart performed. We talked preseason about how it, it's up to DJ Stewart to prove that he is part of this future. And he did not prove that. He proved the opposite. So I am totally anxious to get Ryan Mountcastle up here, but I am really enjoying watching guys like Santander out in the outfield. And that's a guy who could be part of this future. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, I would love to see Ryan Mountcastle up here, even if he's playing first base instead of Brian Holiday or left field. I don't, I'm anxious to see him up here because he is part of the future. Plus, Remember, Michael I said, if it comes September and we're fighting for that playoff spot, we could bring Adley Rushman up. And every day the Orioles win, <laughs> right. Adley Rushman becomes a step closer yeah, exactly. to be coming up with some nonsense. In, uh, right, exactly. September. Yep. Which would be hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to see Ryan Mountcastle. But I'm also, like, not surprised at all that he's not up here yet because – I mean, look who Michael Elias has on this major league squad. Michael Elias has said this since from day one. Like, you got to prove yourself at every stinking level, and you won't be caught up till you're ready. He's not – a lot of fans, like, throw young players so they can learn this season and, like, just figure it out on the fly. That's not Michael Elias' style. Michael Elias' style, you'll figure everything out in AAA, and then when you're absolutely 100% ready, we'll bring you up. And here, Ryan Mancastle is learning a new position in left field. Um, So I think they're going to wait – and there's no – for Mike Elias, I don't think he thinks Orr is going to win the World Series this year. So what's the incentive for bringing up Ryan Mancastle now? Right. So and, they can win two more games? Well, like, I don't – And it's beyond that. You don't have to do any appeal to the fans to get him to come to the ballpark. You don't have to say, let's bring Ryan Mountcastle up so we'll sell tickets this weekend. Yeah, None but Twitter's matters. Right Yeah, but you don't make any money off Twitter. <laughs> So, that, I mean, if you make money off Twitter, Nats would have made a ton of money off that tarp fiasco yesterday because they got I, all the attention. Uh, so, oh, you and I want to see Ryan Mountcastle. The fans want to see Ryan Mountcastle. At the same time, 
we've all been burned from bringing players up before they're ready. And it seems like the Orioles have a horrible history of bringing guys up. That, and they uh, got to bring back down. They got to bring back up. Yeah, you you yo-yo them. Then they never they perform. Kevin Gossman or Cedric Mullins. They, then they go out to the Angels and there's make a or uh, push Cy for Young. Cy Young. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Bundy now? Angels, Giants. Yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. if you ever yo-yoed Dylan Bundy. He yo-yoed himself with some of yeah. his injuries. I think he, his arms are yo-yo by now, but yes. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, part of it is explainable with Dylan Bundy just real quick. Because his Achilles heel in Baltimore was the Dongs. He loved Dongs more than anyone I've ever met. And Angels, I guess, is a bigger stadium, so less Dongs. So that part of it makes sense to me. But, okay. yeah, it's, it's annoying to see. To see Orioles. I mean, just because if, it, if Dylan Bunny was the first guy to do this, it would be whatever. But it's annoying that this seems to happen over and over again. You know we face Jake Arrieta this week. Up in oh, Philly. In Philly. Philly. I believe game three, Jake Arrieta's lined up for the Orioles. He pitched, I saw his last start, he pitched really well. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, get ready for Twitter to blow up uh, with a bunch of people angry that we traded, uh, that we got rid of Arietta. And I think Orioles Twitter's over that by now, right? They were over, no. over the Arietta. They are now. We have to face them. As soon as we face them, everyone's going to bring it all back up. If I see one more tweet about how the Orioles should have never traded Mike Ustrensky and how they didn't see anything in Mike Ustrensky, and the point is they traded him. You got to trade someone of value. But but he had. What did they he, get for him? Yeah, he had no value. But I would argue back to that. Well. Why is no one yelling at Texas for getting for getting rid of getting rid of Hans Alberto like twice in one off season? Like Hans Alberto is our Mike Yastrzemski. Like there's a bunch of these triple or right or Adam Jones from the Mariners or Tommy Hunter and Chris Davis from the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, but but even like no one thought Yastrzemski would be good in the majors. Everyone thought he was a four A kind of player. Yeah, and let's not crown him until he's like taking them to the world series or something because yeah. right now yeah he's doing well but he's he's basically the hunter alberto of the san francisco giants right now yeah we probably have a higher power ranking than the giants do right now right plus we got when we traded your century we got tyler herb yeah who is no <laughs> longer on the team right <laughs> that's what i was just trying to look up um no he is he was with Bowie last year all right fine so he's, he's a yeah i i've uh, for my own opinion, I can't find myself getting too antsy for guys like Mountcastle uh, to be called up because the fact is we're seven and seven after 14 games. That's way better than I thought we would be in the <laughs> yeah. first place. So, uh, and, and still that's 14 games into a 60 game season. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if something crazy happens in the next 20 to 30 games and we're sitting on a, a substantial winning record high in the standings and you and you really want to make a run at this sham World Series they're throwing together. But otherwise, no, just be happy. The, the fact that we're 500 with guys like Iglesias and Hondra Alberto, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point that winning games maybe keeps the fan base happy. On the other hand, Josh, yeah. winning also makes you think, man, like maybe we could win even more and make a run of this thing if we actually had our best players there. And it's it's not just keeping them happy, just keeping them engaged. Yeah. Like I, I I was all in after we swept uh, uh, Tampa and I made my Perler beat Oriole bird. <laughs> and, I, and, and me, just like everyone else, 
like eat, well at least take three or four from the Marlins, if not sweep them. Yes. Yeah. And and that turned right in our all of our faces. Yeah. But you come you right back, back at it with the net. Back at it again. I'm, so like it, it the minute I'm ready to throw in the towel ten games into the season after that Marlins series. Now I'm back in. I'm I'm not foolish and thinking we're World Series contenders, but I'm engaged. I I laid on the beach yesterday, listened to that Nats game until the tarp fiasco, and then uh, I came up, and that was the end of the the day for me for baseball. But it's the fact that I was still listening to a ball game at seven and seven, game fourteen into the season. I think that's a win for an Orioles fan on what. COVID shortened season we have left. Right. Yeah. The Orioles were a quarter into the season. I don't believe the past two seasons we were 500 a quarter into the season. No, uh, so I even with, point last right. year. So <laughs> even with the shortened season, and yeah, this has been a week of the Orioles yo yo in their fans like they did the, the pitchers. But I'm okay with that as long as they keep, keep it yo yoing. Yes. I'd rather them yo yo it at around 500. And keep me engaged, then right. just then get swept by the Nets and then get swept by the Phillies. And, then I'm out completely. And isn't that what we're all waiting for? Like, Matt, do you remember how many wins you predicted? 15. All right. So you've got about half. Right. You got about half the wins, which means at some point we're all expecting this team to just collapse and not win any more games for the season, right? Right. So I'm nowhere near screaming, call up Mountcastle until we're 20 games over 500 and looking to, to actually win the world series and have an asterisk next to us for a 60 game world series championship. Then, all right, fine. Let's put our stamper plays in the history of Mountcastle is going to help us get there. Right. Otherwise let's just roll with what we've got and enjoy ourselves. So during all those losing seasons, our hope was always, to for the Orioles to entertain me until football season. Do you think the Orioles this year can get us to football season? <laughs> Still a lot of weeks left, right? 35 yeah. days till football yeah, season. Exactly. 35 days till the first game. So that's probably about 32 <laughs> Oriole games. That's a, that's a hefty request, in my opinion. I'm not saying win. I'm just saying entertain us. I, yeah, and I agree. I would, I would want nothing less. Yeah, I mean, the when I said the Orioles won 15 games, the roster hasn't changed at all. I mean, in fact, we lost to one of our best bullpen arms. And so do I think Iglesias will hit over 400 all year? Yeah, I do. do I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, and like Alex Cobb and, and, and like I said before, Miguel Gibbons and Castro zero runs. Right. Tanner Scott had ERA around two. Um, um, our, our OPS being fourth in baseball. Nunez and Ruiz, superstars. Yeah. Do I think all of that is sustainable at that level? No. But but like I'm I'm enjoying it while while it happens. But yeah, I'm I'm like I'm not waiting for the wheels to fall off, but I'm just I'm curious to see. Like every time Renato Nunez, hit, Nunez hits another home run, I'm a little bit surprised. <laughs> I know he was he hit 30 last year, like he's a good home run hitter. But I'm a little surprised. Dude. I'm also like really curious to see what do they do with Alex Cobb and what do they do with Renato Nunez? Right. Like, to me, are turning into pretty good trade candidates, and I'm curious to see if we if we do something there. Yeah. When? Which, how how soon? Yeah, and I mean Alex Cobb. I mean he's just got he's got another year in his contract. He's pitching really well. But that's a guy who, if I'm another team, and we just saw Stroman opted out today for the Mets, and which we is saw. a little bit shady. He waited till he got his um 
his neck is another year of whatever. Right. Uh, count as a full year, and then he uh, opted out. Yeah. Smart guy. Yeah. Whatever. The 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 Mets will do the same thing to him, so I, I don't blame him. Right. But but we we've seen a lot of pitchers kind of go down and go out. And we we've if seen. I would love Alex Cobb on my team. Yeah, I don't know if I think value as much as, as I value him, but I think Alex Cobb, he's got his injury stuff behind him, and I think he could be a really good asset to another team. I hope another team sees that as well. Yeah, we saw we saw Bumgarner go on the IL today. We saw uh, Soroka earlier this week go down. Our namesake. Yeah. <laughs> so there's definitely there's uh, there are Nats are worried that Strasburg is hurt. Um, They're always doing that. Yeah. <laughs> did you, yes, did, did you see that Nats fans harassed Doolittle so much on Saturday night for letting the Orioles come back that he did, that he shut down his Twitter? I saw it. And like props to Nats fans because I didn't realize there was Nats fans who cared about baseball. <laughs> that was my thought too. But wow, I was like, all right. this, guy, this guy just got you a ring six yeah. months ago. He's when, one of their most uh, outspoken and kind of thoughtful players. Yeah. He was very. Yeah. Uh, outspoken with the whole Black Lives Matters and all, and then and earlier COVID with the COVID stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So and and one loss to the Orioles, and they kick him off Twitter. Yeah. Well, the Nats. I don't know if you know any. I like. I know some Nats fans, and they hate their bullpen so much, and that this has been not just, just like this year. So. That's the For Matt years, effect. For years, they have hated their bullpen. Right. And so this is like the product of years of blowing leads well, with their bullpen. Yeah, because when you got Max Scherzer and Strasburg, you got to blame someone. So you got to look to that but bullpen. Dude, you're not supposed to give up back-to-back pinch hit home runs. <laughs> who, who was it? Dwight Smith? Who was the other guy? Valenka? Valenka, Valenka yeah. You're not, you're, not superstar. you're not supposed to give up Valenka and Smith back-to-back home runs. Right. And that home run it was a Severino, right? right? Wasn't Severino? I think it was he Blake was pinch hitting Severino for Dwight hitting. Smith. I think. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he was pinch hitting for uh, uh, Dwight Smith. Severino. Right. Like that's you're not supposed to give it five no. runs in the eighth to the Orioles. Like that's not supposed to happen. That's not something yes. reigning world champions do. No, that that's, <laughs> that's a game you remember for a while. But you yeah. gave up five runs in the eighth to the Orioles. But you're also not supposed to be Steven Strasburg and give up five to the Orioles in the fifth. Yeah. So. It was not a good weekend for Nats fans. It's one of those weekends where I sure wish fans could have been in in the stadium. (laughs) Yeah. Not Uh, when we play the Yankees, but when we play the Nats. Right. But Uh, one question for you guys with going back to the trade talk or trading for a World Series run in this season in particular, there is a trade deadline. In this shortened season? Yes. Yeah, it must be coming soon. I I thought it was August 31st. I think it's August 31st, right? Oh, okay. So yeah, fairly yeah. soon. Yeah, August 31st. Well, my question is what what your thoughts would be. You know, you say somebody like Alex, if the Orioles start falling off, but Alex Cobb is still producing, that he might be trade bait to some other team. But say you're a fan of one of these contending teams, like how much are teams going to be willing to give up to make a run at this shortened season world series championship. That's always going to have an asterisk on it. Are you going to give up or, or put ourselves in that place? Like say we're making some crazy run and we're 20 games over 500 and we bring up Mount castle and it's looking like this is ours Orioles lock. And then are we going to start trading the farm to try and make it even more of a lock? Like I don't see anybody giving up a lot, even, even for this World Series 2020 championship? 
I mean, you're gonna if you're giving anything up, it's not gonna it's gonna be for a guy that you have for this year and next year. That's why Alex Cobb is interesting because if you can make the push this year, you can easily you would think build on that for next year. So Alex he's got Cobb, ha- left? he's yeah, got a year and a half, yeah. and a half yeah. left. So okay. having that makes him a uh, have some potential, and I think Givens is the same, right? Right, but the short I I have a feeling the short term rentals are not going to be a thing this year. You're, well, you're not going to get a whole lot for them for short term rentals, and it's weird when you can't trade guys who aren't on your sixty man either. So you're going to see a lot of this player to be named later, and then we'll find out right. later who the player is. And I wonder I wonder how de- how teams can do that. Like, can someone trade with Alex Cobb and say, Yeah, we're going to give you our top prospect if we win the World Series. If we don't win the World Series, we're giving you this guy. Or even, hey, we're going to give you a top prospect, and then you find out, you know, a month later he was in a motorcycle accident and, like, broke his arm. Like, what, like, what, what do you do then, right? Because right, right, right. a lot can happen between when you make a, a, a trade a, kind of by mouth and then the actual deal goes down. <laughs> sure. <laughs> a trade by I'm mouth. Just sitting here, I'm sitting here giggling to myself because Josh just said, player to be named later, which is basically a guy who you'll find out later who that player is. Oh, did I explain it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant to say it's a guy who's not on the roster, who's in the minors, I, I, so you got to wait. Right, but it was a generous yeah, explanation uh-huh. of the to be named later. Oh, well, I, you, you've been off for a while. I need to make sure you understand how baseball trades work. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Oh, I got it. <laughs> but, yeah, because yeah. in a normal year, it's an interesting point. In a normal year, I would give up if I knew I had a chance to win the World Series. I would give up everything. I would give up. My prospects, I would give up my right. firstborn son. I would give up everything if it meant a World Series. But in there. And I think 60-game World Series, I don't know if I feel the same way. I think we've all moved on to the fact that it's still a World Series. There's no asterisk on it. We're all going to know. But for teams who haven't been there in forever, you're going to want to get – you're going to want that. And when you see this extra – what was it, 14 teams now? that make the playoffs and the extra playoff spot, it's going to be interesting. Do you make that push to get into those, one of those wild card games? No way. The Orioles don't, but do some of these other teams, the Orioles have a, a future. It all, it's interesting. If you're a team that's rebuilding for the future and you feel you're a couple seasons out, like the Orioles or the Marlins or the Braves, you're not going to make that push. If you're a team like the Phillies, who already invested in um, Arietta and Bryce Harper, they might be more willing to make that push. Or a team like the, the Dodgers, not for the playoffs, but the World well, Series. The, 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 the Dodgers. They get to the World Series. Right. The Dodgers are all, every year, their World Series are bust. So they'll yeah, do anything to get there. But they've been bust recently, yeah. That's a good explanation because, like, if we fast forward and say COVID-19 doesn't happen until 2023 – when that's supposed to be our year to be doing it, then I would be all in. Like, yes, yeah. I don't, I don't care about an asterisk. This is our year. We've been waiting five years for our year. Right. This, uh, I don't care if it's sixty games or not. This is our year. Right. And again, why not take this shortened season to start building your dynasty? Get World Series number one and come back with the same team shortly after and go for the number two. I, I mean, could definitely. That for some other teams, but for the Orioles, no. it's either win it with Renato Nunez or don't win it at all. Yeah, but we uh, we laughed during one of the preseason games or inner squad games or something because Mike Elias was asked the question if we would see Adley Rushman this year. And yeah. he said he could see bringing Adley Rushman up late in the season if the Orioles are making a push for the playoffs. 
And we laughed at how great of an answer that is because there's no <laughs> way you would bring Adley Rushman up this year, and there's no way the Orioles will make a play, push at the playoffs. Yeah, it seemed like a safe so answer. It's a perfectly safe <laughs> answer that gets all the fans on your side because you're saying, like, the stupid fan that asked that question, you're also saying, like, hey, the Orioles have a chance. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. And here we are, and they're seven and seven. And you're like, oh, well, maybe. I wonder. The rest. This season's weird, where we play the same teams over and over again, all AL and NL East. Do you think that? Uh, I mean, clearly having the Yankees in your division makes things worse. But do you think playing the same teams over and over again makes you bet, play them better, or do you think it makes a team like the Orioles just even more vulnerable? I mean, I, I don't know the. The interesting is Boston is a lot worse than I thought they'd be. So, like, right. I thought, oh, crap, the Yankees are going to crush us, the Rays are going to crush us, the Red Sox are going to crush us. But but now the Red Sox are terrible. We swept the Rays, so now they hold up. And the Toronto, I think, is a little better than us, but kind of like us. So it kind of changes my opinion a little bit. Um, well, and that's what makes this month interesting because the rest of the teams for the rest of the month of August – that we play are the Phillies, the Nationals, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Blue Jays. And it's like, oh, those are all winnable games. Yeah, as long as not the Yankees, because Yankees is an unwinnable game. Right, and that's not the game is one. Yeah. yeah. Um, could we make the playoffs without winning a single game against the Yankees? <laughs> uh, you could. Does it matter at that point? No. It's not like you don't beat them in the regular season and then you're going to beat them in the playoffs. I'm just glad we don't have to play the Marlins again. Well, well, not until the World Series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I'm thinking about your questions. Still. It might be disadvantaged because we have a lot of guys who maybe other teams haven't faced a lot of. Like, if you if you haven't, I don't know, I guess Hans Roberto was on team last year. Um, but if you haven't faced some of these younger players, like Austin Hayes a lot, maybe you get to know him a little bit more um, as opposed to veterans. But I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking about this trade question, too. Like, if Alex Cobb... If we're if it's the trade deadline, the end of August, and we're three games or four games over 500, second in the AL East, like in prime position for a playoff spot, and someone calls you with a decent offer for Alex Cobb, do you hesitate to pull the trigger because you have a chance at the playoffs? Or no, no matter what a record is, is it still rebuild mode this year? It is still rebuild mode this year, no matter what happens. So no matter what Alex Cobb is, could be dealt, no matter what a record is. I think I think I think so. Yeah, the only way you wouldn't trade Alex Cobb is if we are um, what twenty and seven at the end of this month. Then okay, uh, but I, mean, I don't I see. Depends on the offer. Yeah, again, everyone's always available because you don't realistically think this is the year. It's gonna t- it's gonna have to take until the end of September for us to believe in this team for this year. They'd have to prove this till then. And yeah, if Alex Cobb is doing that well that you're in it that late, then you can probably get something decent for him in that player to be named person you'll find out about later role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you could always, because we have the extra year, like you could always just, let's just see how this plays out yeah. and trade him in the offseason if he continues to pitch well that'll be another kind of couple months that players can right. see that he is back from injury. He's good. That manager can see that. And like, let's, cause we've seen it and don't act surprised, Josh, when we beat Strasburg and don't act surprised when the Marlins beat us with some no name pitch never heard of, 
because we once, you know, took Joe Saunders down to Texas for a wild card game. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> and came okay. out a winner. So, right. like, it's baseball. It's crazy. And when you get in the playoffs, crazy stuff happens. Maybe. And I know it's not like NFL where it's one game and you're done or out at the wild cards. Like, I think even the first round's going to be three games or something. Yeah. But, but still, if we have, you know, Cobb and if Means is, is at the top of his game, well, I mean, we can win two games, Cobb and Means. I seem to remember sweeping a series where they threw David Price, uh, Verlander, and Scherzer back-to-back-to-back, yep. to back to back, and we won all three. Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen. All right, well, all right. And I guess this, and I guess that's what we're seeing this season, is it's kind of like those one-game play-ins. It's only 60 games. Anything can happen. And, yeah, uh, I mean, the weirdness. Buck Short always say, like, there's no – you can't fool anybody in 162 games. Right. But I feel like you might be able to fool someone in 60 in, in games. 60 games. And that, that's <laughs> yeah, a big, you fool someone. The Marlins and the Orioles <laughs> are proving that. We can fool people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think the person that impresses me the most with this team right now is Brandon Hyde, a guy who I thought was just a placeholder until we get a real manager, I think is doing a really good job – uh, especially with how he's managing the bullpen. And I guess we saw this weekend how he manages the pinch hitters. As he seems to be managing this team really well. Yeah, he's pulled those buttons pretty well. Yeah, he hasn't been pitching David Hess, which I think is good managing. So props to him for not putting David Hess in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Josh, a couple kind of news and notes. We picked up Jorge. Am I saying this? Jorge uh, Lopez. Did I get that right? I mean, it's that or George, so yeah. George Lopez, J-O-R-G-E. Yeah, I got you. Are you aware of this transaction? Yeah, yeah. We picked him off our waivers yesterday. We put him on, like, the sickness thing today because he has to go through all the COVID stuff before he can join the team. Yeah, um, Jorge Lopez has, like, a career ERA of something like six or something. He's not – doesn't have a good track record. He's a good pitcher. Sounds like an Oriole. Mm. We got him from – Kansas City dumped him, right? Yes. Kansas City, one of the worst teams in baseball, yes. didn't want him on their team. Yep. And so we picked him up. Right. I, I remind you, Josh, we have guys like Keegan Aiken, who was just caught up, and Dean Kramers and Michael Bauman still waiting to be caught up. Um, yeah. Why are we picking up veterans, guys in the day, he's like 27, 28, with a bad track record when we have young pitchers who could kind of take these spots? Because Ryan Mountcastle's not up yet. Adley Rushman's not up yet. We're not bringing young guys up yet. They're for the future. We already got a year of placeholders. And uh, we also, if you notice, we released Ty Block today after his whatever got another surgery taken care of. So it's all about placeholders to get through this season, and we don't want to bring up our stars unless we're going to make a push for for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which, which, not even our star, it's just our decent prospects. Right, which sucks for these guys if you're out there saying, oh, we'll bring up the good guys if we actually make a push. So if we start to make a push, oh, let's get rid of Holiday and uh, and Cisco and bring up Adley Rushman. Forget the guys yeah. who got us here. Let's bring up the young guys. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel about like Malone and LeBlanc. Like, I'm glad they're doing well. But I also, in the back of my mind, no, they're just one year. Like, they're just here this year. Then they're going to move on. They're journeyman pitchers who we have for one-year contracts who, if all works well, like, they'll move on and maybe get another job or maybe retire. (laughs) I don't know if they'll be able to pitch another year. Um, But 
that's who's kind of leading this team right now. And Alex Cobb, I'll throw him in that, in that category too. So I'm so excited, even though none of these pitchers are part of the future. Okay. Like, I'm excited. I'm glad we're winning. But at the same time, like, it doesn't – these guys aren't – especially in the pitcher aspect, starters aspect. I mean, John Means is the only starter, maybe Asher Wojciechowski, who I could see potentially contributing in 2023. Really? A part you, of the, you, see, this you see Wojo as part of his future? I don't know. I see him I as, mean, I mean, I guess he's working this year, but I had no faith yeah. in him. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's the fine. And John Means, that's the only guy, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. I just it makes me I kind of kind of weird how to feel about it because am I supposed to get attached to Malone? Like am I supposed to buy a Malone jersey? No. Uh, but I, am I supposed to get attached to this guy's being a a veteran pitcher with a career of four and a half? I'm supposed to get excited that he's pitched a couple good games. Eh. No. I guess just for the moment. I don't know. Yeah, and that's all we can do. You guys could fill me in the the rules with bringing these guys up being the shortened season and all. If they get called up, the clock starts for these guys. Is that or are there are or are there exceptions because it is a shortened season? They're no, bending their they, it all counts as clock time. So, but but I think it's it proportional to to what the season is. Right, year. right. So and the clock's weird. We got to do more research on the clock because it's not a year. It's like days. Yeah. Okay. And a certain number of days will count as a year. That's why Strowman had to put in 14 days before he opted out to get that year well, under his belt, right? Yeah, and I guess they were saying for a lot of the young, and we've already seen a lot of young prospects in baseball make their MLB debuts after like a week. So it was like, yes. I guess like seven or eight games was the equivalent of in the normal season, you, you wait a month, I think, to get another year of service time. And so the seven games was another year of service time. And right. so... Ryan Mountcastle has already gotten like an extra year of service time. So if they call him up now or if they call him up in a month from now, It'll I think it's the same. Gotcha. They'll get that extra year. Now, if they don't call him up at all this year, I guess you could argue to get another year of service time. I, I have a couple thoughts uh, in regards to the potential World Series contention of these Orioles. <laughs> and, I like how you start this. And the uh, – and the um, the idea that they could, or what you mentioned, what Buck Showalter's quote was, is 60 games, anything can happen. Anybody can have a good run for 60 games. Sure. Even a, a team that on paper is atrocious, like the Orioles, could be contenders. And then once you get into the 14-team playoff field, anything can happen. March Madness style. And then yeah. are you going to buy a Tommy Malone World Series championship jersey? And all of this goes back into the fact that this is just a thrown together baseball season of 60 games where they're letting virtually half the league into the into the playoffs to begin with. Yep. So theoretically a a team like the Orioles who to be honest, there's nobody on the current roster that you're attached to other than maybe John Means, Chance Cisco, uh maybe one or two other younger guy names. Yeah. And so, theoretically, the Orioles could throw together a halfway decent enough season to make it to the playoffs, and then a halfway decent enough playoff run, and maybe be World Series champions of 2020. But you're never going to see Tommy Malone jersey hanging on the same room as a Jim Palmer jersey. Right. Or Rio Ruiz with Brooks Robinson. 
Like it's it's all gonna and it's and it, and I'm putting the Orioles in the scenario, but I don't care who wins the World Series this year. It's all gonna come back to these are the guys that threw it together for 70 days or so. Right. And good congratulations, but they're not gonna be held in the same uh etheron eth- eth- what's the word? Uh echelon mm. as Eshelman, the, the pitcher for the Orioles. Eshelman <laughs> as the uh, as the hit the heroes of not only Orioles of every franchise. The, the who who uh, who's playing the best right now? Uh, uh, I can't even uh, name one. What like team wise? Yeah, sure. The Yankees. All right, but Marlins. the Yankees are good regardless. The Yankees are going to win the World Series if this is. Oh, the Marlins are a hot team. Sure. Ooh. But nobody's gonna, uh, and I'm now I'm gonna be hard pressed to think of an all-time great Marlin player. <laughs> yeah. Nigel <Wait>. Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Charles Johnson. Yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Conine. <laughs> there you go, Jeff Conine. That's a good pull. I don't know. That's just my thought. I, so maybe the the clock goes into it with some of these pitchers, or maybe it doesn't apply so much to Mountcastle. But that's still yeah. why I'm just like I'm I'm okay with what we've got, and if they keep it interesting, that's great. But I'm not I'm not going to throw in the potential four or five next years of this franchise for this sham season. Right, and that's why it's guys like Hayes and Cisco that we should be more excited for because those are guys potential of the future. I just looked up the lineup yet for the Orioles yesterday. Here's how we got the different players. Waivers, rule five, waivers, waivers, trade for international bonus pool, third round, uh, which is hey, second round, which is Cisco, and then waivers, and then a minor league deal that we gave Holiday this season. Like, those guys, none of those guys were signed to be part of this future. No. Yeah, and, and so you can... It's like a the, perfect storm. Like, did you... <laughs> Yeah, perfect storm for 15 wins. The, <laughs> like the, the Yastrzemski thing, right? You could argue... Some of those guys are playing well. We got from waivers or for internationals, you know, right. trading international money. Like, we ripped off some teams for some of those players who are playing well. But, but yeah, that's not – that's what I was saying before. This is the same roster that everyone predicted to have one of the worst records in baseball. The same roster after to have 15 wins. Like, the roster didn't all of a sudden get better. Um, unless kind of all – unless, like, Iglesias turns from being a 250 hitter to a 400 hitter. And unless Renato Nunez hits, you know – um, leads uh, one of the top uh, hitters in baseball as far as home runs yeah. go. Um, and unless Ruiz. Players, yeah, Ruiz, who had a good half of baseball last year, his yeah. first offensive half of baseball he's ever had in his life. Now all of a sudden he's a new player. Like if all these things are true, then okay, this has just been kind of the most amazing resurgent offensive combination of players in the history of baseball. But my guess is a lot of these players are going to come back to earth and hopefully, like, I don't think Chance Sisko is going to have an OBP of over 500 that the kid gets on base every time. Um, but I also think Austin Hayes hopefully will, will play a little better. And hopefully Santander will play. I think he's playing in, in a reasonable clip. Um, so, yeah, but that's a good point, Josh. It's interesting how it's not like first-round pick, first-round pick, big trade, first-round pick. Like, you kind of expect that in a, in a championship roster. Um, not a bunch of waiver claims that usually does not make up a championship team. <laughs> right. But it usually. Is, right. But it is nice to see guys like Alex. If we had this Alex Cobb years ago, when we first signed him, this is why we signed him. Yeah. This is why we signed him. So it's like, now we can trick. Another, now we can trick yeah. another team into trading for him. 
and try to get out of him what uh, the Orioles wanted. Yeah. So instead of being like the Obato signing that we got, and then he was just trash, and we couldn't do anything with him at the end of that. Yeah, hey, he had a good few months. Hey, Josh, I can't get you out here, though, before I ask you about. I'm surprised. We've been recording for 50 minutes, and you haven't made one reference to him. Um, I want to get an update how you're feeling. What's your emotional state at this point? Um, are you, are, are, do, you, do you think he just needs to lift some more weights and he'll be okay? What, how do you feel about Chris Davis <laughs> Chris right now? Davis? Uh, was it Saturday that he went like two for four? Where he got two big hits, a double and something yeah, else? Yeah, double, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sat- all sins forgiven. Saturday was fun. <laughs> That's all I can say. Saturday was fun. Uh, okay, you got four hits. They got two of them on Saturday. Fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, Saturday was fun. And uh, I don't know. We don't – I prefer Davis at first base than Holiday. And, again, this season doesn't matter. So, let's, let's see what Davis can do. I'm enjoying the soap opera that is Brandon Hyde and Chris Davis. Like, I, I listened to your guys' show last week, and I – I think it's blatantly obvious that Brandon Hyde hates, hates Chris hates Davis. Him. Hates him. Thank you. Thank He's you. not going to suffer this high-dollar baloney yes. bull crap from Chris. He's just a guy he right. inherited. He's a grizzled veteran who's way overpaid, and he's not contributing to the team. And Hyde just has to put him in the lineup every night because we're paying him. Uh, and yeah. he, as soon as Davis has any hiccup, in the day-to-day, pro- oh, oh, I, I have a question about masks, or I have a small concern about my wife and children. All right, well, then don't come back for a week. <laughs> I don't have time for this, Chris Davis. And then when the press asks about it, he has no time to even answer questions about it. I'm all for it. I, I, I think it's obvious he hates the guy, and I think it's legitimate. <laughs> I Here's what I do. I'll, I got something else about Chris Davis. I like the mask drama of Chris Davis. He'll go up to the plate wearing a mask, and then he'll strike out, and then he'll have no mask the next at bat. Like he thinks, oh, he's like he's blaming the mask on why he can't hit the ball. Yeah, I like it's always that. It's always that with Chris Davis, and yeah, if I'm Brendan Hyde, and not just that I have to put him in the lineup every day and him sucking every day when there could be better players playing there, but it's also like I feel like Hyde. Gets the most questions. He's got a bunch of young players you could ask about, but Hyde takes the most question about either where is Chris Davis, why is Chris Davis still struggling? Uh, I thought Chris Davis lived a bunch of weights, and why is he right. hitting home runs? Like he answers the most questions about Chris Davis, well, and I don't blame Hyde for being tired of talking about a guy he doesn't like. That's why I think it was either today or yesterday that uh, uh, he was talking about Holiday. And he was saying how he really values Holiday's leadership in the dugout and in the clubhouse. <laughs> and awesome. I, I saw that as a direct dig at Chris Davis because we all look at Davis as the veteran for this team. And he's in this clubhouse to be the veteran leadership. And he's praising Holiday, a guy that got a minor league contract, to be the veteran. I think it's almost like he's, he's trying to find the least – possible notable guy to put in place of Chris Davis. Like who's holiday. Nobody's yeah. ever heard of this right. guy. Brandon Hyde dug him out of the heap somewhere. It's like, okay, well I'll put you in a replace for him. And it's not going to make much of a difference because at least he's putting wood to ball. And yeah. and he had made a better great in, play at first base. Play catcher at right. first base. Right. He made a great play at first base in that extra inning game. So sure. I, uh, I, I, I'm all for the fans taking the same perspective of Chris Davis or as Brandon Hyde. We're over it. And if anything, Chris Davis is making Brandon Hyde look bad. Bad. Brandon Hyde is trying to at least put something together 
to say, hey, I should still be the manager of this team when we start playing good and when you start bringing up some of these prospects. And you're making me put Chris Davis in the lineup. That's not helping me at all. Yeah, I feel like it's analogous to this tarp crew we started the show talking about. <laughs> this incompetent tarp crew and this incompetent baseball player. Um, yet, so, for some in, in some you know world, the incompetent Nationals tarp crew helped the Nationals to maybe win a game, whereas Chris Davis has never helped us to win a game. So the comparison only goes so far. But Josh, how do you feel about our Chris Davis bat? Chris Davis bat? is horrible. I mean, what do you, what do you want me to say about it? I just want you to admit that you were wrong on Chris Davis. You were wrong on Joe Flacco. It's been years. You've been wrong about both. these hey, people. Hey, Joe Flacco got us a Super Bowl. He's going to turn around in Denver. <laughs> so it's perfectly fine. Yeah, Chris Joe Davis. Flacco, where's Joe Flacco right now? Backing up Mark Sanchez. Yes. Backing up Mark Sanchez. Let's thinking for a second. Getting paid millions of dollars to back up Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Do you get any of those millions of dollars? No. How do I get in that deal? He's not your guy anymore. Start cheering for Lamar Jackson. His days are over. Hey, Josh, I'm totally a Lamar Jackson guy. You yeah, know let me ask you a question, Josh. Uh-oh. Do you have a Joe Flacco jersey? Yeah, I do. Do you have a Lamar Jackson jersey? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I got I got a Lamar Jackson jersey like last summer. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chinese. Chinese. All my jerseys. No. Pay the full American value for something. I've got two jerseys that are not Chinese. It's the Orioles jersey that they gave us that has Sirocco on the back. And then I've got the Super Bowl jerseys. When any either. The Sirocco one? Huh? The Sirocco jersey is Chinese? No, those are my two non-Chinese jerseys. These are non-Chinese. Oh, 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 yeah. non-Chinese. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, the rest are coronavirus jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will buy a other one. I'll buy another Orioles jersey when we win the World Series, and it'll be an official one. At that yeah, point. I want to. Whenever I see someone with the World Series gear, I do. Like, I want the Orioles to win the World Series. At the uh, the other, but the other side of it is, I'm, I'm on very fixed income, and I'm going to lose all my money. <laughs> In the World Series. Like, uh, playoff tickets, World Series gear. I'm oh. going into massive debt. With right. the Flights, because you got to go wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be expensive, and Losing I can't my wait. Because I went to too many parades. So right. I can't wait to go go into debt for the Orioles. Well, it's probably better that they're doing it this late in our lives. So at least we're like adults with income and maybe a little more spending money than we did. As younger men, I don't think so. If this happened, if if the Orioles won the World Series in '97 when we were in high school, we would have been okay and not been like little kids when the Orioles win it in when we're grown adults. When we're 40, (laughs) 40 some years old and the Orioles finally win a World Series, we're going to be acting like we're 12 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying we, we off the field. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Whatever. You want my money? And be like, you know, I don't know if they still have this. They have those commercials, you know, these infomercial commercials that you can buy a replica ring or whatever. Yeah, or, I will buy a replica buy, ring. I'll, every time I see a commercial about something, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll try uh, a video tape of the team. I'll buy it. Right. I'll, I'll, a picture of the team, sure. Yeah, I want a why not videotape again for the Orioles <laughs> or a buckle up birds, whatever. Yeah, I'm all in. The Orioles will get all my money at that point, as they will a bunch of people. Stop. What? Remember the we won't stop? 
That was the 2014 year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. I'm in for all that. You get a World Series, you have all my money. All of it. Yep. Hey, uh, get ready for $200. They don't know what they're You know what? Speaking of money and, uh, uh, saving up for this World Series stuff, I cleaned up our the Section 336 Patreon page to, uh, today, and we haven't talked about this in a long time, and we kind of just sits out there. We never promote it. I cleaned it up, so there's only one way you can pledge to help us, and that is $3.36 a month if you want to hop on oh, the that- board. Funny because our podcast is Section 336. Yeah, I just picked the number randomly. <laughs> it happened to work out. Uh, But I also want to thank Charlie Burr, who not only posts on Twitter all the time about listening to the show and sharing it that way. When I look on Patreon, he's been supporting us monthly since 2017. Wow. So so thank you, Charlie. Hopefully you know that you're paying us. If not, we're just squeezing a couple of dollars out of you every month. Now he's not going to do this. Exactly. So guys, go on over to uh, Patreon slash Section 336 and help us out. It's only $3.36 a month. I think I had a tweet from Charlie, too. So let him know that I came back on the show solely because supports on Patreon. and (laughs) And that was my question for you, Bert. So I was thinking I could add a second stage on there, which would be how much do people need to to pledge a month to have you back on the show? Yeah. How many Patreon supporters do we need to get Bert back on the right. show every week? That's either that either sets me up for a lot of pressure or a lot of disappointment. <laughs> so we also, speaking of supporting the show, we got a new review this week. Okay. On iTunes. Good, because I didn't want that Matt is 98% wrong to be the first review people <laughs> that, see when they go on our reviews. This, yeah, Bert even got a shout out in that. That's the best review we've had in a while. I got bumped down. That was right. terrible. So, happy today. Saturday, we got a new review from Bird's fan in Nova. So, a guy who did not give up his fandom. He could be a World Series champ right now. But Nova, instead, by the way, that's for Nova Scotia. Okay, yes. go ahead. Yes. Uh, no, it's A capitalized to the N and the V. Yes, so I got it. Josh, I'm going to go, go with Northern Virginia. I know. I'm helping you out. All right, great <laughs> Orioles podcast, five stars. Uh, in the midst of a long rebuild, it's not a great time to be an O's fan. Matt and Josh make it bearable, uh, though, with an entertaining, fun, and clean weekly show discussing the O's bumbling on the field while giving hope for the future via analy- analysis of the minors <laughs> and top prospects. A great show. I've never, I didn't read it ahead of time. I struggled. Analog. Right. Analog. I don't even know. Maybe he spelled this wrong. He, he spelled this wrong. No, he spelled this wrong. A-N-A-L-Y-S-E-S. Analyses, yeah. It's plural of analysis. An- analyses, is that the word? Yeah, it's a plural of analysis. All right, well, anyway, we give uh, analyses of minors and top prospects. It makes sense. A great there show. Are on this show. Yeah, we're a show of analyses. Yeah. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks keep for the yeah, keep it. the reviews coming. Keep spreading the word on Twitter, Facebook, all that. And go on over to Patreon slash Section 336 and help us out. And convince Bert to come back on the show by sending us money. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening to another successful edition of Section 336. Follow us on Instagram, 
Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. What, Josh? We have Instagram no, page. No, I know you have Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the, the password to get into the Instagram page? No, I don't know the password to get Instagram. Don't share them there either. They no. got hackers yeah. there. No, I'm just saying, have you ever posted anything on the Instagram page? I've never posted anything on the Twitter page or Facebook either. I know. What is that? <laughs> well, someone should. I try to remember to do it. All right, yes, we have all those. It's Section 336 Show. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Rohde. To see his uh, Perlers. Perlers. Perler there you go. <laughs> and you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. Four fans... By fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.